The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live. Turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. Eight minutes after eight. Thank you so much for tuning into uh, the forum at eight this morning. Now, this morning we're talking about um, the relationship between the Department of Basic Education and uh, teacher unions. And we are asking, what is the impact of this relationship on the education of our children? And in the meantime, uh, teacher union Satu in KwaZulu-Natal says that it will mobilize the Congress of South African Trade Unions, COSAS, and school governing bodies against the introduction of Mandarin in schools. Now, this was revealed by the Provincial Secretary uh, Nomarashia Kaluza uh, during a media briefing held in Durban where they were addressed topical issues affecting education. Kaluza says that thousands of teachers countrywide are currently unemployed and that Chinese educators who know and understand Mandarin will have an unfair advantage. Fanele Mthongo compiled this report. The country has thousands of unemployed qualified teachers in Guazul Natal. There are more than 2,000 teachers who have studied through the government bursary scheme and some who have been paying for themselves. Provincial Sato Secretary Nomarashia Taloza says the introduction of Mandarin would mean employment for Chinese teachers only. We are going to mobilize courses and convince school governing bodies to work together with us so that the campaign so that we campaign against this together. To this end, the PEC adopted a program of holding seminars throughout the province to talk about privatization and commercialization of or in education and also explain why the union says no to Mandarin. On the issue pertaining to the annual national assessment ANA, the union says the Department of Basic Education decided to suspend it after unions threatened to boycott the assessments. This comes after teacher unions openly boycotted the program, a series of tests for learners between grades 1 and 9 to test their numeracy and literacy levels. Taloza says Satu is looking forward to the work of this task team that has been established to review the ANAM. The PEC also noted the move to steal the victory of Satu through the message that was circulated even before the formal pronouncement was made. The public cannot be fooled because the public knows that this was the campaign of Satu and it will remain a victory of Satu that our teachers and learners will not be subjected to writing ANA this year. On another topical issue, Satu has been accused of selling post. Public protector advocate Sulima Tontela has called for the transparency when appointing teachers, saying there should be an independent panel that will facilitate the recruitment of educators. Taloza says the call by the public protector is the failure to appreciate the contribution of the school governing bodies in the education system. Taloza has called on the Department of Education to capacitate SJPs with skills to help the teacher recruitment process. We are saying the Department of Education must just commit itself in capacitating the school governing bodies to understand their role as well as the understanding how far they can go in, uh, in ensuring that there is quality teaching, including the recruitment of teachers in their schools.
Meanwhile, the head of the Department of Education in Guazul-Natal, Dr. Tankos Natsishi, says currently the recruitment is solely on the hands of the school governing bodies and the HO team. The SGP identifies, interviews and recommends teachers to the HOT to apply his or her mind. I'm Fanele Mshongo in Deben. And there's been mixed public reaction to the postponement of this year's standardized national assessments, the ANAs. Now, some uh, believe that teacher unions have far too much power and that there won't be change if teacher unions lead and the government follows. So uh, to engage on this particular discussion, we are joined uh, this morning by Troy Martins, who's spokesperson for uh, the uh, Minister of Basic Education. Thanks for your time this morning. Thanks so much, Sakina. Always good to be on the show. We also have with us Mr. Basil Manuel, who is the president of the National Professional Teachers Organization of South Africa, NAPTOSA. Thanks for your time. Good morning, Sakina. Pleasure to be with you. And uh, Mr. Nkosana Tolopi, who is the Deputy General Secretary of the South African Democratic Teachers Union. Thank you for joining us. Good morning, Sakina. Good morning, President of NAPTOSA and to the spokesperson of the department. So to respond to the question that we are asking this morning about the impact of the relationship between the Department of Basic Education and teacher unions on the education of our children, let me start by asking you as Satu, um, Mr. Dolopi, what do you think the impact of this relationship is on learning and teaching? Look, Sakina, the starting point should be that what brings us together, all of us as stakeholders in education, is about the education of the children of our country. If all of us can appreciate the fact that we all have to contribute in positive ways towards making sure that there is a conducive environment at the level of the schools where learning and teaching can take place, and then we start respecting each other, uh, as mutual, uh, we, we give each other mutual respect, and we make sure that all the time when decisions, important decisions are taken in relation to education in our country, we make sure that we found whatever idea we have with all stakeholders. I think we will not have many problems in our country. If we appreciate the fact that parents have a role to play in the education of our children, and therefore when we, took, when we take decisions, we must consult them, we must get their side to the story, in terms of that policy, you must also appreciate the fact that even the learners themselves have a role to play in terms of their education. And when you do develop policy, you need to sound with them. Teachers, importantly, and the implementers of policies have a say, should have a say in terms of any policy discussion that we're having in the country. If we can do that, I think we will not have problems in our country. We have seen in the last, I think, five years or so in our country an erosion of that kind of environment where the department would go, come with policies, impose them on us without sounding with us, without consulting us, without appreciating us, without respecting us. Now, that then fueled the whole kind of situation that we have now, where the, the question of mistrust, the question of us not relating well, and it then affects the child at the end of the day. Mr. Banyol, from Naptosa's side, how would you characterize this? Absolutely. I want to agree with a lot of what Delopia said. Uh, we, we have a mutual interest in this. We have a vested interest in education, both on the side of the education department, the ministry, as well as the unions. And if we don't work together, somebody suffers. 
but we can't have a situation where the, the people who have the greatest interest in education, the teachers, are ignored and policies are proclaimed or policies are changed over time without due uh, recognition of the role played by the teacher unions. As a result, when the respect relationship breaks down, we then start butting heads. And this is how we have come to this particular point. But the good thing is, is that we are learning from some of the mistakes and the other side is learning too. So does that mean that this has now evolved into a power struggle between the unions and the department? I don't really think so. I think sometimes we forget our mandate. It is within the mandate of government to consult with stakeholders. It is not beyond that. And sometimes uh, government forgets. Maybe a little bit of arrogance sets in. I don't want to call it that. But sometimes that does happen. So we then have a responsibility as unions to pull the matter back on in, in line. So it's not about a power struggle per se. It's just to ensure that each one is playing their rightful role. Mr. Delopi, give me a practical example of government imposing policy on teachers so that I can put that to Ms. Troy Martins. Well, let's take the, the discussion on, on Anna, for instance. You, you'd remember since the introduction of the policy as such, from 2012, in fact, that, that's why we are surprised when people are saying we are raising this thing late this year. We have always raised issues around the whole policy of Anna because we feel that when they started with this policy, we were not consulted properly as teacher unions in terms of how this thing was going to work. At that stage, we were told that it was just going to be a diagnostic thing. It was a pilot, and we were never told that when the pilot ended, and we were never given a report in terms of what were the findings of the pilot. But now we have seen it becoming a policy rolled out throughout the country. Something we then raised issues from 2012, 2014, and 2015 now. But government never, ever considered the genuine issues that we're raising. Because those things, in fact, we're assisting our education of the child to move forward. Our argument around Anna is that the frequency issue of the administering of Anna affects the children. It puts pressure on our education system. It puts pressure on the teachers. And the teachers are just not able to teach in a proper kind of way. Why not? In fact, in fact what is happening is that the curriculum, Anna, in fact, narrows the, the curriculum. It encourages, Sakina, the drilling system of education. We have a system where children are being drilled on the questions that will be asked on Anna alone. So the focus moves away from the broad development of the child to become a critical child, to become analytical, to become independent in terms of thinking, responding to situations as a person who can think on his feet at that time, to a child who's almost like a robot, who can only respond to one situation in terms of what Anna would have said. So we're saying the frequency of it then creates that kind of problem. The labeling of schools, the deprofessionalization of the teachers, and I must say, it adds to the workload of teachers. And if you can do research, you will also, also realize about the health effect of Anna on our teachers. You will see that many of our teachers are getting sick because of the pressure put on them by the Department of Education in terms of administering of Anna. But the important factor that we are missing all in this debate is the cost implication of the implementation of Anna mm-hmm. on, on an annual basis. Okay. We are spending, okay. Sakina, almost mm-hmm. 200 million rands on administering ANA, whereas we are spending 35 million rand on the development of teachers. It's, it's an anomaly. It can't happen. It has never happened elsewhere. It's only happening in South Africa 
when we have serious backlogs in terms of classes, in terms of overcrowding, in terms of the employment of teachers. Now we can't Just hold on, Troy. I'm going to give you a chance to respond. Finish your point, Mr. Delopi. No, I'm saying then we have those challenges that we're having of children that are being put under trees elsewhere in the country. So I'm saying there are more important things that we can save the 200 million rand that we are spending on on an annual basis and spend it on other important issues of appointing more teachers, avoiding overcrowding that our teachers, more especially in the the township schools, uh, are facing. So we say we can save money and direct that money to more important things than the administration of ANA. We are not opposed to ANA. We are just saying that the frequency, we can spread it over a period of three years, and then the two years in between, we use for remedial work, intervene, assist, respond to areas identified during the diagnosis, and then we then meet after the third year cycle. All right, uh, Ms. Troy Martins, you know, uh, quite a few um, accusations there being held at the department. Um, apparently, you come and you impose policy on teachers. You don't consult sufficiently. You are arrogant. And also, the cost of this, um, you know, uh, seems to be misplaced given all the other challenges that exist in education. You know, Sakina, I think uh, it's it's... It's a bit difficult or disingenuous to say that we, we don't consult because we really do, and there are a number of ways that we do do it, especially with regards to policy. All public policy is uh, submitted uh, for public comment, and unions are included in the stakeholders of education and have a right to comment and make input into any policy that we as a department uh, publish or gazette. That said, we do meet with trade unions, perhaps not as regularly as we should, and that's why the minister has instituted what we're calling a, a, a unofficial labor forum where we meet on a regular basis with trade unions just to discuss these, these issues going forward. But that said, there's also the ELRC, which is the Education Labor Relations Council, which is which is a council specifically to deal with labor issues and issues raised by trade unions within the education sector. So I think there are a number of ways uh, where we are engaging with the unions on a regular basis, and I think we can only go from strength to strength, and the minister has committed to improving those regular consultations. With regards to Anna, yes, we hear the challenges, and in fact we have already been looking at some of the challenges that uh, the unions had brought to us uh, with regards to the to the ANA administration. But we must also look at the positive things that have been yielded from this. We finally, um, we produced diagnostic reports which can be used to really, and have been used, to really turn around schools and identify where the challenges are in the system and make positive improvements. Um, if you look at the interventions that have happened, it really is a positive. And, and perhaps, you know, we, we, we are going to have to look at the frequency. It was never something that could be sustained on an annual basis throughout eternity. It needs to be put in place where we can bring, uh, view the diagnostics and really look at how, where we need to improve teacher training, where the gaps in the curriculum are, where gaps in teaching are, and, and really it is to make improvements. And all three unions that were at the meetings last week agreed that there is a need for systematic testing in the system. They acknowledged the benefits, and it was really just about the administration and the frequency. So that's really, we've set up a task team as government to look into that, and uh, we're going to be working with stakeholders in our education sector, all of them, to come up with, with what we are calling maybe a remodel 
of, of the assessments. But is it not a bit disingenuous to say that you did not uh, foresee that this would be an annual institution, given uh, its name, the Annual National Assessments? And this was already <laughs> instituted in 2011. And, um, you know, it has been, um, uh, 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 the children have been writing it every year since then. Yes, Sakina, it, it was initially seen as a diagnostic an annual diagnostic initially, but it's not sustainable considering, considering the budget to do it to eternity. It was, if you, if you, for example, have been diagnosed with cancer, you go and you see the doctor on a regular basis to check progress, to assess how far you are, how your recovery is going. And this is what we intend to do with Anna, is we need to check every, every year to see where we are, how we're doing, where we need to do improvements, if our interventions are having any impact. Um, because it's pointless doing intervention after intervention if they're not having the the envisioned impact. So this is this is the idea. But like we've said, um, there actually has been already discussions in the department to look at the administration of the ANA. So this is not something that's just come up right now. The minister um, has has addressed this issue at various CEM meetings and at various internal meetings already prior to um, this, this uh, intervention that's happened in the past week. Ms. Martins, is this not just a matter of the Department of Education being bullied into submission by the unions? You know, I think um, that we can't, we can't say that we're being bullied into submission because we have come together around the table to talk about the issues and we've made decisions together. We have all taken all unions, all the, the NATOSA, SAOU, and uh, SATU, as well as the Education Department, have come together and are taking ownership of this collective decision. And I think um, we all agree that we need to look at the, at the way that we conduct the ANA. Um, for example, SATU has talked about tri-ANA. Um, that's one of the things that we can possibly uh, look at it's one of the options. There's, there's a number of, of different models that are being looked at, that are being put forward and, and being uh, investigated now. The task team is going to be set up. It's going to be an inclusive process where we bring our stakeholders on board. So I don't think you can say that we've been because we, we sat around a table and agreed. I'll tell you why it looks that way. Because last week, when we spoke to the Department of Education spokesperson, Elijah Msanga, he was adamant that the Annas were going ahead and that, you know, uh, there was a, a, a proper sample that would be taken. And then suddenly the unions flex their muscle and they say, we're not administrating this, we're not invigilating this. And now it's been postponed. Well, that was before the meeting uh, obviously took place where we came to this agreement. And I think that, you know, from, from the Department of Basic Education side, we were ready to administer the ag- examinations. But you must remember when, when uh, the unions say that they're not going to administer and then some unions do want to administer, it creates uh, a volatile situation in the staff room and that could lead to classroom. And we, we really need to come together and that's why we came together to talk about these issues so that we can come with a way forward that everyone can be on board with. We can't have a situation where um, we have hostilities in the staff room, we have hostilities um, 
in the classroom. So we really need to come together and and come to a common ground solution, and that's exactly what we did. Um, Mr. Manuel, you wanted to respond to something, but I also yeah. want to ask you in the meantime, you know, uh, uh, why is it? Uh, because it comes across as if teachers are almost opposed to the improvement of student performance. Let, let me start with the latter. But, uh, no, rather, let me just start with something that Troy said. Uh, you know, when a statement is made that a policy is put out there for public comment and the unions are part of the public, it, it illustrates very clearly the very problem the unions are having. We are not just the general public. We are the direct stakeholders, the direct representatives of the teachers. And when such statements are made, like with the very ANA policy that was published about a month ago, we, we had no sight of it. We had, there was no prior consultation. It actually robs the very department of the opportunity to hear what the problems are and correct them before the public comment comes. But insofar as the latter statement is concerned. No, the teachers want uh, the assessment. We have all agreed that the uh, systemic, not systematic, systemic evaluation is an important evaluation because it helps us see where the problems are. But remember what a diagnostic test is, and this is a very important point, that this has morphed into something very different. A diagnostic test is simply to see that a 10-year-old in the Western Cape, in the Eastern Cape, in KwaZulu-Natal, is a 10-year-old, that they have amassed a similar uh, a knowledge for their age, as an appropriate knowledge given the context in which they are growing up. What has happened now with Anna, it has become high stakes, measure and shame, target obsessed, obsessed, competitive, and this culture of comparison that has crept in is everything but diagnostic. And that is where our problem lies with the test. It has resulted in people doing all sorts of strange things, threats to schools, threats to individual teachers, and of course... That, by whom? Uh, note, note, by the department and officials, because they are under pressure from a higher group to say um, no child must get under 80%. How can you have a diagnostic test and you say no child can get less than 80%? Then it's not a diagnostic test. Then the children are actually studying for the test. And Delopi made this important point that it has narrowed the curriculum. Teachers are now teaching to the test and not the curriculum. It's through the curriculum that we must do the diagnosis and not do a diagnostic because we've taught the diagnostic test. But is the assessment not based on what you cover in the curriculum anyway? That is what it's supposed to be. And are you uh, saying it isn't? No, I'm saying it definitely isn't. It's just morphed into something else. Um, When we say it it comes through the curriculum, it's not content-based. It is because the curriculum is designed for a particular age, that a 12-year-old child must be able to do a certain type of mathematics, a certain type of English, etc., that is not what is being tested. What is being tested is content, and that is where we, we see the gap, where we've got to ensure that we have proper consultation so that we have a proper diagnostic test evolving. Uh, there are many, many uh, skilled people within the country that have pointed that out already.
The question we are asking on the forum this morning, what is the impact of the relationship between the Department of Basic Education and teacher unions and what impact does that have on the education of our children? And our guest this morning, President of uh, NAPTOSA, Basil Manuel. We also have the Deputy General Secretary of the uh, South African Democratic Teachers Union, SABTU, Mr. Nkosana Tolopi, as well as Troy Martins, who is a spokesperson for the Minister of Basic Education. Let's take some calls, 0891. 104208. Uh, Tapelo in Bethlehem, thanks for holding. Thank you, thank you, Fakina. Uh, Fakina, it's public knowledge that SAD is an affiliate of COSAD, which is in alliance with the ANC. The staffing of the Department of Education is also derived largely from cadre de- deployment of the ANC. So their, their relationship is, is significant in this way. It's significant because it maintain it, it it's able to maintain the hegemony of, of the ANC within the mainstream politics of, of, of South Africa, and and turn our people into just imbeciles and stooges who can think beyond the ANC. But however, say, having said that, we support a certain in its initiative to fight. Uh, the, to, push, to pursue the struggle to push away neo-imperialism in the form of uh, Mahindra, or is it Mandarin or Mahindra? That Mandarin. language. <laughs> it's Mandarin. Mandarin. Mandarin yeah. Yes. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Thank you so much, uh, Tapelo in Bethlehem. Let's go to Mike in Newlands. Good morning, Mike. Okay. We'll come back to Mike. Pat in Johannesburg. Good morning. Good morning, Sakina. How are you? I'm good, thanks. And you, Pat? I'm okay. Sakina, mine is very simple. One, I just want to state that it is true that in South Africa we have a serious challenge pertaining our education. However, all it's not grown. I think what is important here that needs to be taken into cognizance is that it is true that unions in our country are beginning to bulldoze our, our government. And as such, in the government, the challenge that we have, we have people either that do not know what they are doing or they just have lost it. I think here the solution would be let us have all the stakeholders coming around the table. Let us address these issues because as Sanko, we are very concerned what is happening in our education system. Our children are not being given a priority, but certain selfish uh, perceptions are the ones that are on the table. We can't go on like that. That we are very concerned about. I'll make an example, Sakina. You will have a situation where unions are very vocal in terms of issues pertaining to their members, which is very correct. We accept, we, we second that. But when it comes to teachers that are not going to class, unions are found wanting. You understand? Mm. Now, we can't have a situation like that. That creates a problem. And we cannot have a situation where issues are discussed pertaining to the education of our children. And Sanko, it's not, it's nowhere to be drawn in. That is a situation that we can't appreciate. Right now, we're talking about bringing in or mobilizing uh, SGBs, your COSAs, etc. And that is a problem to involve, you know, uh, uh, you know, children into 
such issues because you have a situation where tomorrow we will be unable to control these children who will then be creating situations. Right now we have a situation where COSAS is saying teachers must be beaten and all that. We can't have a situation like that. It is true that there are problems, but we've got better ways and matured ways to deal with these issues. That's all that I want to put on the table. Thank you, Sakina. Thank you so much uh, there for that call. Uh, Let's go to Mike now in Newlands. Good morning. Good morning, Sakina. It seems to me that we've completely lost our way in our education system. Uh, you know, the, the union gentleman from the union says he's a stakeholder. He's not a stakeholder. Parents are stakeholders. Uh, uh, the, the public of the, co- the country's people are stakeholders. He is a service provider. The union's job is to provide a service to make to their teachers that pay them a fee to make sure they're looked after, they're paid on time, they've got air conditioning or whatever it is. They're not there to make policy. It's absolutely outrageous for this man to tell the government what policy they should implement and how they should, the children should be taught. When, when the ANC came to power, they came in on a manifesto that said certain things. Now all that happens is the union says the government jump and the government says how high. You know, the thing is this really, but the bottom line to this is outrageous situation. It's not about the unions. It's not about anything. It's about votes because at the end of the day, let's be honest, there's the... There's an election coming up. The, the government cares not a fig about the education. Otherwise, they would take the unions on and say, we in charge, we got voted for, this is policy. But they don't do that. They allow the unions to dictate because they've got votes coming up and they need the votes and they'd much rather get the votes to stay in power than to worry about the education of our children. Thank you so much, I'm Mike and Newlands. Uh, Alistair, you're in Durban. Good morning. Good morning, Sakina. Um, just to say to the last two callers, uh, Mike and the other gentlemen, they echo my sentiments. Just give you an idea of my disdain for Satu and the rest of the unions. Um, I'm a white parent and I sent my kid to a former Model C school. The teachers never uh, went on strike for anything. Even when Satu and the other unions were on strike, my, te- my kid got a good education. Um, my, my, my maid, bless her soul, came to me the other day and said to me, I've got a problem with my daughter and they both live on our premises. She's not going to school. And I said, why? And she said, no, because the teachers are away at Satu um, meetings all the time. I said, that's physically impossible. She said, they've been away for a week. I went and spoke to the child. I said, do I need to go and see a headmaster because you're bunking? She said, no, we have no teachers. They, they're never there. They, they are away at three to four days at a time. Now, if you as a parent in South Africa can accept that from a teacher and from a union, well, then you need rocks in your head because you are killing your child's future. Thank you. Thank you so much, Alistair and Durban. Kolani and Mtata, good morning. Hi, SK. For me, it's a question I would like your panelists to, to just give clarity on. Who is responsible for the, uh, the performance management of the teachers? Where, because the issue at hand, we talk more about the government and SATU at lockerheads but forgetting the one thing that, as far as I understand, SATU should be acting as a moderator between the government and the teachers because the teachers are not employed by, the, by, by, by SATU, are supposed to be employed by the government. And then the union are there to make sure that there's mitigation and fair play in between. We hear more on the news or media about SATU saying, don't do this, don't do that. Is that what is supposed to be? Who is responsible?
Mm. Thank you so much, uh, Tlolani. Let me throw in a few uh, messages here as well from our various uh, social media platforms. Samgelo says, uh, isn't Anna like a test or exam? How does preparing children to be holistic learners uh, make teachers sick? Uh, Mr. Dolopi is evading responsibility. Tulani Dasa says, um, can we trust teacher unions to deliver quality education while they have consistently failed to do so for 20 years? We won't allow unions to disrupt the education uh, while they hold a record of failing to deliver quality education. We cannot be held ransom by ineffective teacher unions while the state of education in the country is in disarray. Hein Fenter says, uh, on our unions again wagging the dog, another scourge on this country. As Pelele Tlutla says, Satu opposed to the introduction of biometric system uh, to monitor teacher presence or absence. Are they willing to change on that? Tunzi Mamkeli says, please ask Satu, why are they opposing the introduction of uh, the clock system in order to deal with the question of absenteeism? Uh, Mnungisi uh, says, why is, uh, why is Satu opposed to district inspectors? Um, and I suppose uh, we'll find out. Komotsu uh, Maluleka says, the involvement of unions have compromised our education. It's all about the teachers and not about the children. They are useless. Uh, Musa Shabalala says, the only stakeholders are the children. I don't hear these teacher unions being concerned about the students. It's disappointing. And Thorny says um, uh, the Department of Basic Education South Africa has been a pilot project since 1994. OBE, CAPS, ANAS, you name them. No concrete, concrete program to follow. Oh, okay, lots to respond to there. Um, and let me start with Satu, seeing that you have quite a bit to respond to. Um, uh, firstly, the issue of, um, you know, holding your teachers, your members uh, accountable. And why are you opposed to certain uh, systems like the biometric system being um, installed in schools? And uh, also uh, the issue of uh, political pressure and um, holding your uh, members accountable, ba- uh, basically. So maybe you can start with that lot, Mr. Tolopi. Look, let me start by saying, in fact, the discussion today uh, is communicating a message to all of us uh, stakeholders, and I'm saying we are stakeholders in education, uh, to the Department of Education and to the other unions, to say that I think we need to talk more. People could have used the correct platforms to discuss these things. We would not be here today on a radio station discussing all these things that all the allegations are thrown against each other. So that's the first point. So I think we will take it from this station and then go on to talk more and engage and make sure that we reach agreements in the bottoms instead of fighting in the public like we are doing now. Let me come to the question of uh, why is it that we only raising uh, always oppose things? We are always opposing things against. It's just that at times People don't uh, put up the issues that we are raising in many of our statements and public actions that we are making. Like, for instance, in our statement of the National Executive Committee last week, we, we speak about sexual harassment at our schools. We are saying, in our, we are so emphatic in that statement. We are saying we are condemning any form of sexual harassment, whether it's our member or not our member. We are against it. We feel like teachers are parents at schools. They need to laugh and appreciate and respect these learners. And their only task is to make sure that they develop their these children to receive the best of education ever at our schools. And therefore, they can't be turned or you can't reduce those learners to like almost an object for you to be able to enjoy. So we are raising in our children.
Unfortunately, we seem to have uh, lost uh, as our guest there on the line, uh, but it uh, gives us an opportunity to run through uh, some of the SMSs uh, that have come through. Um, uh, this one here from uh, Spivo and KZN says, if you listen attentively to Mr. Dolopi, he is not arguing for the postponement of this year's Anas. Uh, Satu is fighting for the total abolishment of it. John says, uh, this is the result of democracy. It's designed to destroy the future of the mind of the youth. Uh, we will see schools being burned, students creating havoc in schools and killing teachers. This is the new South Africa, says John. Joe in Peter Maritzburg says, but teacher unions are an important component of education and should therefore partake in decision making that impacts directly on their activities. Nana says, Sakina, the toxic mix between politics and education of our children is the most unfortunate development of the new South Africa. It has killed education completely. The ANC government uses teachers to attract votes, especially in rural areas, and teachers in return have a hold on the government, which allows a lawlessness, refusing inspection, sometimes demanding appointment of underqualified or incompetent cadres in high positions. Hitherto, teachers were nation builders and game changers. They made sure that their own children got good education and they nurtured talent of students in their care. They have dipped into their pockets to make sure that black talent was not lost. Cry the beloved country. That's from Nana. And then also one here uh, from um, Mabanegazi in Mtata who says, uh, does Satu know that honor exams is the only barometer to assess learner performance and the proficiency of educators at our public junior schools? Uh, so uh, Mabanegazi asked that and we'll find out from Troy Martins, um, you know, um, just adding that to the question by Kolani about uh, teacher performance to find out whether that is in fact the case. Uh, let's go back to Mr. Dolopi first so he can complete his response. Yes, thanks, Sakina. Look, I was saying that we, we were saying we're against sexual harassment. But these issues that we are raising don't always get the kind of attention that the others like when we respond to Anna, Mandarin, and so on and so forth. But we were saying we're opposed to it. We are saying each time a teacher gets, is, is, is involved in such acts of misconduct, the department must act against them. Read our statement. That's what we are saying, for instance. We mm-hmm. are saying... We are against the administering of corporal punishment. That's what we said in our National Executive Committee statement. We say teachers should use other ways to attend to questions of discipline. And the way of corporal punishment can be uh, one of those that we use in terms of that. In okay, our statement, but, we then, but the then you would turn around... You turn around and you, you, you go on to mobilize uh, the Congress of South African uh, Students, COSAS, uh, and you say the school governing bodies as well, against the introduction of Mandarin in schools. Now, why is that not something that you can uh, sort out with the, basic, uh, the, with the Department of Basic Education around a boardroom table? Why do you need to mobilize students? Mr. Tulopi? Okay, let's move on to Troy Martin. Or in assaulting, in assaulting another colleague, because we felt like that is misconduct, that is unprofessional. Okay, there's a problem with Mr. Dolopi's line. Um, uh, Ms. Martins, uh, you know, the question about performance management, and, and basically, is there a tool? Does, does the, how does the Department of Education go about uh, 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 assessing the performance of teachers? Well, there's a, there's a number of, of different ways, Sakina, and 
one of one of those is the general performance management that happens like any of us do where we have a an assessment an annual report that we have to um, fill in and all that sort of thing but you know what I really want to emphasize is the the issue at hand and you know I heard a caller call in and say that teachers aren't a stakeholder and that they shouldn't have the same policy we need to work with trade with teacher trade unions to ensure that our policies are implemented correctly so we need to have a constructive and and positive relationship and this is why we have agreed to meet with trade unions every month uh, for the for the remainder of this year to thrash out any remaining issues and then to meet on a quarterly basis going forward uh, with the, the leaders of the of the of the trade unions really to prevent any of these types of miscommunications from taking place going forward because I really believe that this is what this is about. It is a communications issue and perhaps we have to take responsibility as well that we haven't necessarily been communicating with our with our colleagues in the trade unions as we should because they are definitely a valued and important stakeholder in education and just as much as they need us to do what they do, we need them to ensure that our policies and the education policies that we implement that we uh, put out are implemented in in the most quality efficient way to benefit the learners. And I think mm-hmm. one thing that we can all agree and that we are all on the same page as is that we all value education and we all have a vested interest in the future of this country and the education of our children. How do you respond to the allegations that this is a merely government capitulating to uh, because of political pressure? No, I don't think that is the case. Um, I think that, you know, we, we have on a regular basis in the past um, met with trade unions to discuss certain issues. When we met, when, for example, when we, when we introduced the, the curriculum, the CAPS curriculum, there was massive consultation that took place. We even took experts from the very trade unions that we, meet, that we met with last week to assist with, um, with picking up challenges in the curriculum and coming up with, with resolutions. So, you know, I, I don't think this is, a situation that is that is that is far gone. I think it is still a situation where we can come around the table and talk, and we do. We do discuss things around the boardroom. The meetings in the, in the past week have been very fruitful and have garnered a lot of um, positive resolutions. And I think we've come together and have uh, reached an understanding on certain issues much much more effectively. So I think that um, it's it's it's. It's not uh, a situation where it's us against the unions. I don't think that's the case. I think that we, we have had different opinions on certain things, but it's about coming together and, and moving forward in the best interest of education. Why does the um, administration um, of the annual national assessment cost two million, 200 million rand? Do you know, Sakina, that this is the biggest assessment in the world? that is carried out in South Africa. We actually have um, been approached by UNESCO to uh, make our, um, our experts who've developed the annual national assessments available in other countries that are struggling with similar issues to ourselves. And this is, this is definitely the biggest national assessment in the world. We assess, I think it's something like 8 million learners um, and they each do two assessments, one in mathematics literacy and one in language literacy. Um, so it really is a huge task. It is, it's probably um, the second biggest administrative exercise 
um, next to the local government elections. That's the, that's the magnitude of the annual national assessment. That's how massive they are. But um, so, and and, and who said, invigilates these exams? Uh, we have examination monitors. So they they they're done at a school level. Mm-hmm. Teachers would mm-hmm. administer and mark them, but then they would be moderated by external moderators, and that would be from the department. So what's the story about invigilators uh, complaining that you have yet to pay them? So, so, so I thought teachers were central to this particular process. So who are the external invigilators? We have external monitors uh, to moderate the, the examinations. Um, I'm, I'm not sure offhand which, which ones you're referring to. But as far as I know, that this is an exam that's administered by teachers, uh, class teachers, marked by class teachers and moderated externally. So I think that, that may be an issue relating to the National Teacher Certificate Examination. Which is uh, no, it's, exam. it's definitely the ANAS. Uh, 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 it's uh, a company called Konani. Um, and, and, and they are saying that there's a dispute over a tender worth about 30 million rand to do the job. Um, so, but uh, uh, clearly one that we should come back to, the cost of uh, these uh, assessments and why um, it, got, it gets up to 200 million rand. But Mr. Manuel, I want to give you a chance to wrap for us. Yep. Absolutely. I just want to say uh, we sometimes muddy the water with too many issues. And just to stick to the issue about the Anna. The Anna is important, and teacher unions are important. Uh, for a parent to say the parents are the most important is, is not exactly factual. It is both of them are important. But most parents would not have the requisite knowledge to represent the child's interest in terms of a test, a technical thing like that. And they rely on teachers, and they have a very good working relationship between teacher unions and parent organizations. And as a result, we then get things done. The quality of our teaching and learning, the improvement over the years, is because of teacher unions. The improvement in the pupil-teacher ratios is a, an example. And it, it is one-dimensional to think that we, we don't uh, factor in all the other problems, the problems related to teachers. We honestly do. But this test is not serving the child. And that is why Naptoza has been so strong about it. It has not served the interest of the child. In fact, the marginal child has suffered more because of the Anatest. So you're saying for the past four years we've been throwing money in the water doing something that has no value? It hasn't been completely valueless because it did start off well, but it has evolved into something that is valueless. And that is why the remodeling is such an essential thing today. Well, unfortunately, that's all we have time for. That's where we're going to have to leave it uh, for today. Thank you so much uh, to our guest this morning, uh, Troy Martins, who's the spokesperson of the Minister of Basic Education, uh, Mr. Nkosana Tolopi, Deputy General Secretary of the South African Democratic Teachers Union, SATU, and Mr. Basil Manuel, who's the President of the National Professional Teachers Organization of South Africa, NAPTOSA. And thanks for your uh, fantastic participation, as always. Back with you tomorrow between 6 and 9 a.m.